0: what's going on everybody this is eric elliott back with another episode of the refocus nutrition podcast uh we're back after a couple week hiatus just working out some kinks in the podcast trying to bring on some more guests um and just juggling the old life but today we have on guido trinidad guido has a as i say in a couple of minutes he has a very long uh biography if you will or uh bio he's a uh, two times CrossFit games, athlete, one times masters, one time in the general uh, population, if you will. Uh, He's also a gym owner. He owns Peak 360 Fitness in Miami, Florida, uh, where I hope I will be going in a couple months for a vacation for Wadapalooza. But then we also, he also is a father of three. um, And I mean, I could be bearing the lead, but he is also the founder of Wadapalooza. Um, in this episode, guys, we talk about a lot of different things, uh, how he got his gym started, how he started Wadapalooza, uh his fitness career, um, some of his um his methodologies or his philosophies on training since becoming a master's athlete and juggling seven other hats on the go. Um, but the biggest thing I think that I took away from this conversation is uh the fact that his 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 point about I am not what I do um I think that's really important for a lot of people to to wrap their heads around to think about a little bit. Uh, we talk about what that means and why why he made that comment on his instagram uh, when he announced that he was no longer be a part of Wadapalooza going forward I think it's uh it's something that originally when I had had Guido on my radar to come on the podcast back in april i probably wouldn't have had as good of a conversation about but being that things didn't work out the time and now we had that conversation and just the point of where i am with training and with life i think guido and i had a really great conversation about that and we're able to unpack that a little bit more so that a lot of people can uh think about if you will what they who what defines them and and how they define themselves so If you found this uh, episode helpful at all, guys, definitely give it a rating and review. Obviously, a five-star rating review would really help. And then from there, guys, share it with somebody that needs to hear it. Share it with somebody that you want to share that story with. Um, I'm sure that they can get a lot out of it. Um, But that's it for now, guys. Enjoy this episode with Guido Trinidad.
1: And we're back, guys, with another awesome guest this week. We have on uh, Guido Trinidad. Guido, uh, he has probably one of the longest, or maybe not the longest, but the most deep, if you will, uh, bios, just in terms of everything he's got going on in his life and with, uh, with fitness and everything in general. Uh, he's been to the Games twice. Uh, he is the founder of Wadapalooza. He helped found uh, that fitness festival to what it is today. Um, but not only that, he's the owner of Peak Three Hundred and Sixty Fitness in Miami, Florida. Um, but I also believe he's the father of two, I believe, three. Yeah. Um, so, like that is a lot. <laughs> that's a lot of stuff on the go, uh, as you can imagine. Um, and Guido someone that uh, I tried to get in contact with earlier in this year. And just as you, as you can imagine, with the amount of he has got on the go, it's it's hard to line up a time. So. Pleasure to have you here, Guido. Uh, thanks so much for taking the time. Um, to start off with, just being that it's Halloween and it's the time of year, how's the Open
2: going? Ha-ha. First of all, thanks for having me, and um, I'm, uh, I'm excited to, to connect with you because it's been a while. We've been talking about it and also heard great things about you, so thank you for for allowing me to share whatever it is that uh, that we're going to share today. So, <laughs> Halloween, uh, Halloween, great thus far. Um, got to see my, my little kid dress up as a panda bear she wasn't that scary so i was safe there but um open's been fun man it's it's great to uh be more on the coaching side rather than athlete because there's a lot less pressure and really you get to enjoy other people's success and not kind of get anxious or worried too much about yours and ironically it, you know trying to or not trying to but just you know being in that state of mind um, has taken off a lot of pressure and I feel like I'm actually doing better than I have in, in years prior with very little training. So it's, it's pretty cool. Having fun.
1: Yeah. I mean, if you're doing leaderboard watching you right now, I just looked this morning, you're already sitting in, in 40th place and, and years past you had been in the, I think the low hundreds uh, And you finished 77th last year in the age group, like qualifier. So yeah, it is going, it is going pretty good. I don't know if it's necessarily the workouts that have been selected yet. I think you're more of a, a weightlifter, strong type, anyways so i'm sure you're hoping for a heavy clean or potentially a heavy snatch coming up soon but um that's one of the things i wanted to talk to you about too was it's it's interesting the the different caps or hats you've put on over your career as a fitness professional whether that be athlete or gym owner like yourself um and so far as that like you know before in, in 2012 when you when you were pursuing the games, you were all in on that, right? You were devoted really hard and, you know, you had to do a lot of volume, a lot of training to get there. But today now you mentioned being more on the coaching side of things. Kind of tell me a little bit about that transition. How hard has that been? Is it, is it as simple as an overnight, you know, take off one hat, put the other hat on, or is it like, is it hard to step back from being the
2: Guido the athlete to being Guido, the owner and the coach and and pushing people that way? Yeah, that's a good question. Uh, I think it's different for everyone. For me personally, um, it was just a matter of priorities in life. And, um, you know, I I pursued that dream. I wasn't really, you know, I grew up playing football and and chased that pretty hard. And there was a point in time where I realized, like, okay, I'm not going to play professionally and make it big. So I'm going to just try to make the most out of this potential. And I, you know, Played uh, very well in college at a smaller school called Benedictine College and then was fortunate enough to have an opportunity to play overseas. Um, and I give you this background story because I feel like the same held true for me in, in CrossFit. Um, so I played overseas for the experience of traveling and just being able to hold on to playing football. Once you take off that helmet, you never put it back on um, unless you're driving with me in the car because I can get wild. Uh, <laughs> at least my wife thinks so. But anyways, um so, you know, done, done playing football, and I just, you know, I knew, like, okay, this is good. I'm, I'm passing, you know, a different stage in my life, and I'm ready to be a professional and, and pursue other dreams and other goals, um, and I'm going to take the values uh, and the experiences that I've learned in football and apply them. Um, so, But I always felt like I was an athlete, and, and it was an easy transition because I went back into sports and training people um, for fitness and, and athletic performance and whatnot. So then I just kind of stumbled across this newfound sport in 2008 and I was like, Oh, I'm kind of good at this. I kind of like this and uh, let me see how far I can take this. And probably didn't realize in the moment that I was really neglecting other aspects of my life, business, family. When I say neglecting, meaning like not fully giving it like the attention it probably deserved. Um, and when I became aware of that, I, I somehow convinced myself that um, you know it was going to help the brand out in the long run and, Maybe it did, maybe it didn't. Uh, not so sure. I I, 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 we can talk about this part later. But I ended up hiring a, a business coach. Now, ten years later, uh, maybe I could have avoided that had I not competed so much. But maybe I wouldn't be the coach that I am now either. Um. So looking back, that transition, I just felt in my heart like, hey, it's time to like let this go and move on to other things. You're in your mid thirties and you're still like trying to do what? Like go to the CrossFit Games, which is cool and valiant, uh, you know, or, or, or is is a, is a, is a, it's a, it's a, it's an experience to try to take yourself to see what you're capable of. But when there's other aspects of your life that are also really important and are burning in your heart, like I spend more time with my family and raise children and I have a business that's feeding my family and that I'm really passionate about as well. And are those things suffering because I'm chasing this dream that how much value is it bringing to me, my family, my business, and any legacy that I leave ahead? So I really try to look at things from a big macro view perspective and like, is what I'm doing right now, like really, how much does it really matter? Um, just because it's fun and I'm enjoying it, and I'm good at it, doesn't mean that I should put that much effort. So the transition wasn't really that hard because it's just kind of an evolution and also getting older. Um, from a physical perspective, isn't that much fun either. Cause things hurt more. Uh, the amount of training you used to do um, is almost impossible. So other guys are training more, they're advancing quicker. And now I'm playing the stay healthy game rather than I'll trying to make gains game. Gain. Um, so yeah, I remember, I think it was 2015. I said, it was, this is going to be my last regionals. I, I felt like I wasn't really able to compete to make it to the games So as an individual, so then the following year, I just kind of had fun with a team and I said, let me see what this experience is like going with a a regional team. Um, And I did that, you know, thankfully training so much, uh, you know, since 2008 to 2015, I had enough fitness to just kind of maintain for about an hour a day, just jumping into classes. And that's really what I've been doing for the last three years, um, with exception to the year that I made it to the games as a master's in 2017. And that was like, I found, I saw an opportunity after the open to make a run for it. I said, okay, what, what's the least amount of work that I have to do to actually uh, represent myself well and give myself a shot to make it. And it was probably about an extra hour a day of just really conditioning. Um, because the gymnastics and weightlifting is there. So it was more conditioning and really just sharpening that. And, um, uh, had a great time and now, just again, just really doing classes, uh, one hour classes with my with my community here. About one hour, excuse me, one hour a day, five days a week, and uh, trying to stay healthy and have fun, man. That's it.
1: Yeah, there's a lot of stuff within that journey that I, I love to unpack, and one of them, kind of, you just finished with. Um, that it could be one of the things that I mean, depending on your opinion, how has made you successful straddling that line of athlete and business owner is the idea or the the philosophy or practice if you will of you doing those one-hour classes and that's something that it looks like something that you fostered from the top down from yourself down um, because if you look at for those of you listening now uh, this is all like your gym is Noah Olson's gym that he goes to and he's not at least in the videos and the content he puts out he doesn't put out the persona that he goes in when it's after hours and only trains by himself or only trains with a select few people. Like he's part of that community. He's not just an athlete that trains out at your gym. Do you find that's one of the things that's beneficial and how do you, how do you preach that as a business uh,
2: today? Probably to your coaches as well. How important is that? How important is training with the class? Is that the question? I'm sorry.
1: Yeah, exactly. Doing the classes, being part of the the actual classes rather than like, hey, I'm, you know, I'm trying to be good at the sport, so I'm gonna do my own thing.
2: Yeah. So I do preach it and I've and I've really asked myself a lot about like how important is it? Um and I think it definitely depends on what what your intentions are and your journey is. I think even a guy like uh, obviously Noah's at, at the tip of the tip of the tip of the spear, right? So he needs to be very, very specific with what he's doing. And he has someone, you know, carefully manicuring that and whatnot. However, um, even I, I think that he could benefit as well. And even other guys at his level from just being part of a group class, um, at, even if it's just one time a week, uh, you know, the camaraderie, the the push from others who don't necessarily have to be at your level, but, I get inspired and pushed by people who are just starting their first week of fitness. Sometimes I want to push harder because they're there, A, to lead by example, and B, because I'm like, wow, this person is doing the same workout as me. And really, kind of have like, like, I would have never guessed in my wildest dreams that they would want to push that hard. Like, if they're doing that, like, I need to because I have a gift of physical fitness, um, that is, you know, whatever, whatever it be genetic or whatever you want to call it. But so I preach it because I believe that it's valuable for a variety of reasons. I also don't think that there is a lot of, uh, secret sauce in programming. I mean, there is obviously good programming and not so good programming, but the best programming is the one that you're consistent with. Um, and the one that, that you're, you know, you're giving an all out effort to, and that's well-rounded. And ideally, right. When you're really trying to, a professional the sport is that it's attacking your weaknesses um but like i tell people all the time like fran is fran diane is diane you know a mile run is a mile run like if that's programmed into your workout why is everyone chasing this like you know uh you know perfect uh program that's programmed by you know the best coaches and done by the best athletes it's like just hit whatever pops up really dang hard because that's what happens at the games right so, again, I think it's consistency, and I think it's just as an athlete, just being aware of what your weaknesses are, making sure that those are being targeted. But those don't have to be targeted in the group class. Those can be done additionally. But um, for me, for other athletes, those are the reasons why it's important. And then from a coaching perspective, if we're going to be the guys delivering this food, we need to be eating it. right? Yeah. We need to be eating the food that, that, that you're serving um, to be able to speak intelligently about it, to lead by example, to show other people that you – suffer well you know how to suffer as well and then just it just adds value in the opportunity to connect with your members too so there's just so many reasons why to do it there's more reasons why to than why not to absolutely yeah um
1: so taking things back a little bit you know you mentioned getting into crossfit in 2008 and i believe you opened up shop uh peak 360 probably around the same time but tell me about that genesis in terms of like where you were within your CrossFit journey and, and how, uh, how and why you decided to open up P3, P360.
2: Yeah, sure, so um, 2008 I quit my job as a sales rep for an elevator company uh, to pursue my dream to start up my own uh, fitness facility. Um, and I had this this vision and, and I guess you can call it goal when I was playing football in Europe, I kind of already knew what I wanted to do but I wasn't sure how I was gonna get there. Um, so I was, I was working corporate America for not, for 18 months and realized this wasn't for me. And I had already had some experiences in personal training and I'd always been writing my own programs and uh, as a football player. So I shut down that, that, or I quit my job and I started a personal training career and basically would just promote myself in any and all places that I knew. I created the brand Peak360, created this company as if I had some financial resources and I was actually going to start a gym, even though I didn't have the money to start a gym, I just started the service and I would go to people's homes and eventually in parks. And then eventually I ended up in some like, you know, smaller global functional fitness gyms that were privately owned and, um, and I could pay a small fee and go and train there. And then, and then I stumbled across CrossFit, um, about a year after I had already uh, started my business And it was a a buddy of mine who opened up, I am CrossFit here in Doral. And he he hadn't even like officially opened up as a business. It was like a soft opening and he was inviting his friends and firefighters to come and try it out. And we both played high school football at the same place. So I went to I am CrossFit, I did my first workout. It was like an eight minute AMRAP and I was hooked. Um, And when I say I was hooked, like I did the workout. And later on that day, he texted me and said, hey, uh, someone beat your score. And I was like, oh, really? Okay. Um, that's cool. And I'm kind of like inside, like, there's no way someone beat my score. And I went, I did the workout again because <laughs> I didn't want to lose. And that's when I knew, I was like, man, I really like this thing. But he told me it didn't count. I had to do it at the box. Somebody needed to watch me. <laughs> so um, anyhow, I was there. Uh, I really started to, like, from a from a coaching perspective, I, I felt like I always was looking for the most complete way, uh, hence the word, you know, 360, um, to train my athletes. And I, I found CrossFit and from a philosophical standpoint, I fell in love with it. I just, I think this is it. Like, this is the most well-rounded approach to fitness that I've ever heard of. Um, and then as an athlete, I was like, man, I feel like a competitor again. So it was just natural for me to start training my athletes in more of a CrossFit style, uh, methodology, which I was kind of doing, but I was leaving out obviously some components, um, you know, from a, from a programming standpoint. So long story short, I had a boot camp that I had already had uh, that was at a uh, that was at a park. I took it to this CrossFit gym. It lasted in this CrossFit gym about two months. We realized that we were both kind of hurting each other's business because we were almost doing the same thing. I was just doing it without barbells. So within two months, I went and opened up my facility. Um, really, with with very little resources, had a few had about fifty people follow me, and a few of them wanted to help me and invested and super grateful for that there's a beautiful feel-good story behind there but yeah so 2009 uh the summer of 2009 i started uh, peak as a facility um in miami yeah
1: yeah and, and and one of the things i think i heard on the barbell shrug podcast that you were on earlier this year was you like you mentioned you did it with like very little resources today it's just i don't know if it's possible to do it. i think you mentioned having like three thousand dollars in initial investment to kind of get it going which is like Peanuts today, like it would buy you a, a good uh a mediocre garage gym would be. Yeah, I was gonna expensive. say you can't even do a garage gym for that amount. Right. So it's it's crazy that you you started a, a business on that. Um what were the initial things that like I am sure like you you know, you, you went from corporate America to, you know, personal trainer to business owner. And those are three different careers. Like even if you're a personal trainer, you get the the personal training aspect of it, but I'm sure the business aspect of it was probably pretty foreign to you how did you initially those waters
2: you know I feel it's it's funny you say that because I studied business I I didn't major in in in, you know exercise physiology or anything like that that's all you know self-taught certifications I don't have a formal degree in that um so I felt like oh yeah I'm an entrepreneur like I I can start a business and I think being an entrepreneur is like you know from from the way that I see my strengths and weaknesses as an entrepreneur, I have more of like the ability to, uh, you know, go ahead and take a risk and, and, you know, see something that I may not be certain about and just go for it anyways. Um, Big on vision, big on setting culture, leading a team, developing a team, Um, even some branding marketing I could sell. That was just something that came like easily to me when it comes to like being, creating systems and structure and, organization I'm like that's not where I want to spend my time so I really didn't realize that I wasn't really good at running a business uh, up until a couple of years ago Um, I thought because I could create a business that I was good at business but I realized that I I really wasn't and that the business was uh, had gone as far as as they had you know including Waterpalooza mainly because of you know the passion the drive the vision that I had and that 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 can take you so far, but eventually like you can't really, your growth kind of hits the ceiling and then you really can't scale beyond that. Um, so it's just, you know, a lot of reflection, a lot of, you know, success and failures and a lot of, you know, just really trying to understand just, just the same way we do as athletes, right? It's like, why can't I make it past regionals? Well, you don't train your deadlift, you know, or whatever it is, right? Um, you know, I want to be here and why can't I take my business there and looking inward and not outward. And like, what are the things about me that are limiting my growth uh, or the, the growth of the business? And really it's just skills in business and not really having like true guidance and leadership there. Um, so, you know, hiring, uh, hiring business coaches, you know, being, diving more into just books and podcasts and things of that nature and being true to myself. and like, man, you're not good at this, and it's okay to not be great at this. You don't have to be the, the crossfitter of business, right, and be great at everything. You just simply go get some help, hire other people. Like, business is a team sport. So, um, so yeah, that, that's where I'm at in that journey.
1: I love that methodology. And you mentioned it, like, it is an evolution in terms of, you know, you didn't end up with that thought in 2011 when you were a couple of years into it. It's something that takes a long period to sometimes admit that you I bet that you don't know something, right? Um, you kind of glance over it and, and talking about Wadapalooza. Um, obviously, like Wadapalooza, it I think you founded it in 2012, and I'm, I think I heard another podcast in 2012. You had your first games appearance. You had... Your marriage, and you started all in one year. So I mean, this isn't the 2019 isn't the first busy year for you. But how did you? Uh, how and why did you start Wataplus? Like, what was the, the genesis behind that? Because I mean, It was growing and it was big, but even then, it wasn't didn't have uh, kind of the limelight that it has today in terms of the fitness festivals of yeah. uh, today.
2: Yeah. So how and why? Well, I'll, I'll go first with the why. The why is because I don't know how to say no. <laughs> uh, the why is like, I, you give me a good opportunity. And I'm like, yeah, sure. Let's do that. I mean, I'm, I, I, that, that was definitely the case and has been for many years. And I'm just learning right now to learn how to say no to more things. So then at that time, I, I, I recall going to like smaller events and throwdowns and be like, I would never want to run this. It seems like so much hard work. And can, I don't even know what the finances are, but it can't be that rewarding. Like, no, I would never want to do this. <laughs> and, you know, Lord and behold, I got asked by my former partner to come and a, look at an opportunity to run a CrossFit class in, in a beautiful park, uh, Bayfront Park, which is where um, Water Blues is held annually. We went out there, met with the manager of the park, and talked about, you know, they run yoga classes there and what would it be like to run CrossFit gym, uh there and and we talked about all these different opportunities and and we 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 quickly found out that just logistically it was going to be impossible they didn't want to put a storage container so how was i going to bring out barbells and store them and it was just it wasn't working out and we just said well what else would you like to do here He kind of put it on my plate and i said i don't know what 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 do you guys use this park for he said events said well crossfit competitions are big you know is that something that that uh that you'd be interested in doing, and or that we can do here. And he said, absolutely. You know, we run Ironmans there. We have Ultra Music Festival. So, again, just through ex- exploring a conversation and what po- possibilities could arise, something that I said I definitely never wanted to do, I looked at the opportunity of doing it there, and I was like, oh yeah, like I have to do this. Like, this is a no-brainer. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Steve said, hey man, I'll, I'd love to like you know partner and, and do something with you. We could do it together. And, I can run this aspect, and you can run all the CrossFit stuff. And so we made it happen. And, um, you know, that's, that was back in. That conversation was being had at probably the beginning of 2011. I'll give you a, a little funny story. Is that We really didn't have a date. We didn't have a name. And uh, we were going to just, like, hey, why don't we do something in the summer? Like, not thinking, who the hell wants to work out like in the blazing hot sun in Miami in the summer outdoors? Like, that's ridiculous. So we were almost going to do it on the 4th of July, which would have totally bombed because it would have been really hot and, like, right over right before the games and because we couldn't like figure out a date and the name we just kept pushing it and pushing it and pushing it and then finally we just committed to a date on the calendar in January and said we had to have a name by a certain I think it was like October we're driving down from uh, South Carolina from a competition actually called Integrity's Revenge and my wife and I just you know thought of the name Waterpalooza so that's how that came about
1: yeah, that's an, it's an it's a crazy story. I mean, just because of the way that the festival has grown, um, and I think you mentioned on another podcast somewhere, just the idea that you wanted to create more than just a fitness competition. So, tell me a little bit about that. Like, it, it's not just it's not just your annual throwdown. Like the Waterpulsa, I haven't been there yet. I I hope to to go this February um, and make it down to Miami for the first time. Um, it seems like it's more than just four days of fitness or however many days there are in the competition, there's more to it for spectators, for athletes, all those kinds of things. So how did you, uh, how did you blend those things together? Because I mean, most competitions, I haven't been to other sanctional events either, but um, even speaking to like the CanWest qualifiers this next year, unless they change something dramatically, it's, it was just a fitness weekend. There was no other spectacles to it. Um, so how do you, how do you create that festival vibe, if
2: you will? Yeah, you know, I think a few things. I think, A, just my experience uh, in the sport and in the community um, led me to realize, like, these aren't that fun. <laughs> you know, as an athlete, you're, like, the only one that's having fun. And you're really only having fun, um, you know, because we're kind of masochist and we, we like we like to suffer and have, you know, go through some pain. But for the people spectating, eh, maybe not so much, event organizers, I mean, I just didn't see that that, that the experience of – going to a competition was fun so in me like creating one and starting one i was like man we have this beautiful venue that we've been given the opportunity to run one like how do we make this really special um and what, do, what are we going to call this So, after when we said Wadapalooza, for whatever reason that 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 name like meant like I, I envisioned something festive so we said okay well let's call it you know crossfit festival well back then weren't really able to use the word CrossFit in your name, so they, they, they mixed that real quick. So it's a fitness festival. Um, and I, it, it didn't happen, like, right off the bat. Um, definitely not off the bat. We only had three, three sponsors, so we definitely didn't have it right off the bat. But as we – every year, you know, because with the beauty of, of running a, an event rather than a business like, like a CrossFit gym, a CrossFit gym it's really hard to make changes because you're operating day to day. So if you wanna make a change, it's, it's, it's hard because you have to you know, do the, 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 the little things every single day and it, it, there's not as much time. Whereas in an event, you have a lot of time to plan and recreate. So every single year, it gave us an opportunity to be like, who are we? What do we wanna do? How do we wanna do it? Why do we wanna do it? And we're like, okay, we're a festival. Like, Are we really though? Like, What do festivals do? And so we started asking ourselves those questions. Like, well, festivals celebrate. Okay, cool, so we're gonna celebrate. What are we celebrating, <laughs> right? We're not celebrating anybody's birthday. We're celebrating, okay, and that's when we came up with Fitness Community Life. And, well, how do we celebrate that then? What, 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 what does a festival look like? And now started to create, like, a true vision and a mission. When people typically start their businesses off, like, we started to do that probably year two and year three um, and really start to dial in, like, who we were, what we were about. And then you can say no a little easier because they're like, oh, we're not really about that. We're about this. And let's continue to level up and improve this uh, aspect of it. And, and what we really want to do at the end of the day, we realize that like a celebration is, you know, you can relate it to the, the most common celebration, right? Is your birthday. Like, what do people want for their birthday when they invite them to a party? Is you want you want to have a great experience where everyone's having fun. So... You know, that, that's all we wanted to do is, like, how do we create a, be- a great experience for everyone who's involved, not just the athlete, um, but also the volunteer, which is a you know, critical component to it. Uh, the spectators who, if they're not sitting there, then, you know, they're the ones, you know, largely funding it. And then the sponsors as well. So always really thinking about the four stakeholders and how we can make it a great experience for all of them um, is, is really how it evolved into what it is today.
1: Yeah. And you mentioned, you mentioned like you're, you're a visionary. You have, you have these grand visions for whatever you get involved in, whether that's your family, whether that's your business, et cetera. Did you envision what it is today? You know, seven years ago when you even started?
2: Yeah, to some degree. Yeah. Um, I mean, again, that vision wasn't like day one. Okay. This is what's going to look like year 10. But I do recall um, like looking at, a picture that a friend of mine took from his balcony of a skyscraper of Ultra Music Festival. And I said, that's what our event needs to look like. Um, so yeah, when you look down at Wadapalooza now from a skyscraper, you're like, that looks like a freaking concert and rock stars and all, they're all there, right? So, so yes, uh, I would say that that's the case. I think what's, what's really uh, been very humbling and, and almost just like, wow. And I don't think it's so much a testament to, like, what we did with Waterpalooza, but more so just a testament to, like, the power of, of our community and technology is, like, how many people from all around the world want to be part of that. Like, I didn't envision that. I probably envisioned like, maybe some people in South America, because we're very closely related, but we got people from everywhere, like Australia, Europe, Asia, you name it. And um, I think that's more a testament to the CrossFit community and how, how tight-knit it is and how how you know word travels fast you know hey this is a really good event you need to you need to attend because it's a great experience um i think that that's that just you know is something that i'm I'm very honored by yeah i know and that's it's an incredible uh legacy
1: that you i guess leave for for what a because i like, guess you were you did found it but now you're not involved necessarily um how do you uh i guess to to kind of like briefly go over that now that you're not involved and it kind of like Tell me, uh, I guess, if you can, a little bit about how you, I guess, detached yourself from Wannapalooza and how you, I guess, still navigate that now as a, as a person, as a fitness goer, if you will, living in Miami during the time, do you still attend it? Do you still enjoy going to it kind of thing or, or where do Yeah. You-
2: so it's pretty fresh that, that I'm not, um, you know, a, an owner of it, um, we parted ways officially in the beginning of the of this year, mm-hmm. uh, or excuse me, end of last year. But um, to make a, a really long story short, essentially, uh, my former partner and I were looking to really grow the business. We both had other things going on. you know, I have Peak and he had his other things, and none of us were really willing to like let go of the other things that we had to go all in on Wadapalooza, even though when we were working on it. We gave our max effort, but there's other things that we were also working on. So in knowing that we were like, Hey, look, why don't we uh, partner with other guys who have, you know, financial resources, relationships, and really can help us take this to the next level. Um, so that's what we did with the Loud and Life crew. Um, and in doing so, you know, we, we operated one year with them. And then, you know, um, over the course of the last year, 2018, um, you know, for reasons that uh, not probably necessary to share here but you know we just decided to part ways um and I have a very amicable relationship with all the guys there I think a lot of the guys on the team stayed there um my partner and I were the only ones that are completely out right now and foreign partner and I are completely out and you know last year I um I was able to speak uh at the opening ceremony they they um you know we worked together to to make sure that you know that Whatever it was that, uh, that I brought in the sense of, of value to that event, that I could still bring to that as, as the founder. And it's really just casting the vision for why that event exists to begin with. They haven't changed that. They're not looking to change that. I'm still in line with it. Um, there's no hard feelings. Um, you know, business is business. And sometimes things don't go exactly the way that, that you um, envision them to happen. Um, and I grew a lot from that. It wasn't, it wasn't easy uh, by any means. Um, but it's something that I would never change. Um, so I have a lot of love uh, for the community and and the community. From my understanding, a, lot, a large part fell in love with the event. So there's no reason for me to have a, a de- to detach from that. Obviously, I'm not involved in any business operations, but I'll continue to show up and support the event. Um, you know, let people know that they should that they should go. Um, if there's anything in the future that they would do that is not in line with my core values that maybe that will change. But for now, from my understanding, the team that's there, I think that uh, they're doing a good job and, um, and I support them, man. So so yeah, that's that's how I feel about it. No, that's,
1: that's really good to hear. I mean, it's, I obviously don't know the ins and outs and I don't think it's for anyone else to really understand or know either, but it's, it's good to see that uh, like you, you put on a, the the positive face of of still supporting something that's beneficial to the community in general and learning from whatever uh you can from the past experiences there moving over a little bit into your athletic career if you will um what was your biggest takeaway area the biggest thing in 2012 when you first made it to the games of being like whoa this is like this is cool like this is the this is the 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 mecca of CrossFit, if you will, like making it to the CrossFit Games, or was that even a moment? Was it? What was your initial experience there?
2: Um, I think just meeting all the guys. You know, um, yeah, I'll be honest. Like looking back now, I'm a big why guy, and like understanding why I do the, the things that I do. Like why I even wake up to go to work. Like every single day, I remind myself. You know, and looking back then and why I wanted to go to the games was probably for the wrong reasons, were very prideful reasons, were, um, you know, telling myself that I believed that I belonged. that I, I, thought, I felt like I was good enough. Um, they're not bad reasons, but they're just not reasons that are, like, I don't know, truly fulfilling and, and just uh, – they're not the reasons I have today to be yes. to, if I were to try to make it bad. Yes. Um, so, however, I, I say that because going there is like, oh, these dudes are the dudes that I've been chasing for a long time, and I want to be considered as part of this elite group um, per se, and meeting them was cool, and connecting with, with a lot of those guys, especially the ones who were like starting off their CrossFit careers, and now have continued to be awesome at the sport, guys like Scott Panchik and I, I think it was, our first, it was his first year, and look at where he's taken his career, think of Frederick uh Gideous, again was another one as well and um i think it was rich's second year there and um yeah so just kind of being part of, of that story and um you know the workout the first workout that was announced there was um peddleton and knowing that that was like an iconic event that i got to participate in and uh didn't finish last in was great <laughs> so um so yeah i think the, the journey really is 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 what is probably most profound in it all is just like I, I I tell myself I, I probably should have been there almost three or four years in a row, but it was always one workout that kept me out, you know? So looking back on just like what it took and the pers- persistence and perseverance that it took for me to get there is really what was very uh, fulfilling and rewarding uh, for me in 2012.
1: Yeah, that's, a, that's an awesome perspective, especially with the mental side of things. How did that change mentally uh, when you made it as a master's in, I think it was uh, 2017, you went the second time where you,
2: was your why different at that point? Did you have a better understanding? Yeah, of man, a whole, just a completely different experience, you know, like not as much pressure. And I guess you could, you could look back and say, well, yeah, I had already made it once. So like, and I made it like in the regular category. So it makes sense that I wouldn't have as much yeah. pressure, but I hadn't, you know, I hadn't been training really for it outside of just, you know, taking class. I hadn't been like training much. I, I did it. Like I said, a, a little bit at the end, last three months and put in a little extra work. Um, so I also had like, um, my family was a lot more involved, um, in like being there. I had, I had a child then, um, like my, my stepdaughter was around 2012 and that was really awesome. I didn't have my, my, um, my other child, Valentina, who, when I went in 2017 was already four years old. So getting her to be able to experience that just like, it wasn't like Primary in my life. So, to be able to achieve a really high level at something that you're not really making it like the central point of your life, it's almost even more rewarding because you're like, man, I'm really grateful that I get to play with these guys for a weekend in front of my family, represent my community, and have no expectations. Yeah, I want to win, but if I don't, it's cool because I didn't put a whole lot into it. Um, And these are kind of like, I'm reaping the, the fruits of the hard labor from like 15 years of training. I'm getting to like you know experience the fruits of that labor now, so um, so yeah it was it was very great uh, rewarding experience and um, really fun to actually throw down with guys that are that that live a very similar lifestyle that I live that are either box owners, dads um, and that feel the same pain that I feel after a workout and don't recover like an eighteen year old you know <laughs>
1: Yeah, so, I, I mean, to, to respect your time, I wanted to finish up with asking you about two quotes that I'd seen either on your Instagram or on another podcast that you were on. The first one was from that Wadapalooza um, quote post, if you will, when you when you first, uh, I think it was about a little later, uh, or later last year, if you will, um, was talking about, your. you said, I will not be defined by what I do. And I think that's that's a pretty powerful quote obviously in the context of Waterpalooza, but it, the similar aspect that you talked just about being an athlete. Um, because I think the definition of, of who Guido is, is probably different than just athlete or business owner. Correct. So how, what does that quote mean to you and and how do you define yourself, if you will?
2: Yeah. Thank you for asking that. It does. Uh, you know, I think I have identified myself as a football player, as a competitor, as uh as a son from a single parent, as a, as a, as a, as a man with, without a, a strong father figure in my life as a very driven, like, like as, as all these different roles and, 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 and experiences that I've lived. Um, and sometimes we like either hold ourselves in a higher regard or lower, lower regard, depending on what we've achieved and what we do. And, Sometimes that has been a driving force in my life. And in stepping away from Wadapalooza, there was something that, that I struggled with, you know, it was like, I'm not the owner of this amazing event anymore. And like, what the hell does that mean? Like, I'm still the same person. Like, it doesn't even, it doesn't matter. That's not who I am. I am who I am irrelevant of what I do, what I own, what I have, who I'm with. Um, then who am I? And, and I'm defined by by the person that God created me to be and, and, and the way that I'm living my life and, um, you know, the principles that I live by um, and not just say, but that I actually act upon, you know? So if I say that I am a man of, you know, loyalty and, and, and a man of integrity and that I hold all these values true, like that's who I am, right? Because I can get, you know, I can not be a box owner tomorrow and go pursue a different career. Does that mean that I'm a different person? Does that mean that I'm still not contributing to this world in a valuable manner? You know, like I can still use those same gifts in a different setting, in a different platform. And I think that that's, that's something that a lot of people struggle with. I mean, I think you opened up with the first question is like, how did you step away from being an athlete? It's because I'm still the same person. I'm just not doing the exact same thing. Um, so that's what that means to me I, my, my identity is found in my relationship with Christ and and I, and I'm consistently pursuing a, a closer more intimate relationship with with my God and and trying to really live in alignment with the purpose that he created me for and I believe that his purpose in large part is to to really just invest in people and, and help people and, and grow people and and uh, yeah and that's 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 how I feel personally about. You know my definition for who i am and, and how people should identify themselves not so much by what they do but who they are from the inside
1: no i love that quote and, I, and and that answer just because i think that's something that a lot of people crossfitters maybe particularly um but people in general is just you're not defined by whatever fitness is i think a lot of athletes that i see in class who think they're defined by either the two letters Rx on the whiteboard or the whatever time they had that day. Um, And it's one thing my coach has said to me is to not be defined by whatever rank I have or wherever I finish in fitness, because at the end of the day, no one gives a shit about how fit you are, right? It's what, it's the impact that you made on their lives. Um, So I love that answer. Um, The last quote I had um, was something you said in 2017, I think just before or just after you went to uh, the games again, was the point that you're not, as you said, I'm not fitter, I am better. You said that on uh, Chris Spieler's podcast. And I think it's a pretty cool quote because I think that a lot of times you can kind of get lost in this. Well, you know, I I had two kids before, I'm more stressed now, or lifestyle factors change and you're not as fit as you maybe once were, but you might be smarter, you might pace better, you might do all of these things better. So what did that uh, quote mean to you? And do you think that's still evolving as you get older and, and still compete and do fitness in class and whatnot.
2: Yeah, I think um, I think as a, as an athlete, that holds true. And, and I would like to believe that as a person as well, um, you know, fitness, if we categorize it and, and, and really make it very objective and, and, and put all these tests um, and, and especially if we isolate each quality and expression of fitness and definitely not fitter, um, but wiser, smarter, um, a lot more calm, less anxious, more, more in line with, with purpose, um, and get a lot more enjoyment and fulfillment of the process and even the end result. Um, so to me that that's way more valuable, um, than having a faster time. Um, or how about someone who is actually fitter, right? Like they are stronger, um, than an older version of themselves, but they can't perform better because they're so in their head or because they're so anxious or because whatever else, other, other reasons. So I think that that's, you know, if that, if that quote I said before the games, I was probably, and I still sometimes beat times um, that I had when I, when I was training, you know, three hours a day, three years ago, and now, you know, just dad running a business, taking a class a day, and I'm beating my old scores. And it's a lot because of my mindset, um, my approach, mindset, and then also just wisdom as an athlete and knowing like how to strategize. Um, just a good example of that was 20.3. I didn't finish it two years ago and I went on Saturday and did it and didn't finish it. I did a couple reps less and my mindset was fine, but my approach and my strategy was off. Um, you know, I kind of got excited and wanted to hold onto that bar a little bit longer. Therefore, as I reflected on the workout, I, I just felt like, man, I was really darn tired. Like those first couple of sets of, two 15, of 315, what happened? And I realized I was holding on too long. I said, all right, if my body feels good on Monday, I'm just going to go for it again just just to see if I can do better. Because I feel like if I break it up, I might be able to do better. And surely I actually finished the workout and felt like pretty good afterwards. And um, so the strategy, and that, that, that to me is just wisdom, right? It's like knowing yourself, knowing – like what you're capable of and playing that game, not trying to like chase someone else's score, like going broken because I can and I should, which is really kind of doing you.
1: Yeah, and that's that's another aspect that you could be, you know, better than you were fitter before just because like, you know, it could be something like, you know, if you did that workout in and you were wrecked for three days, sure, you might've had a better time if that was the case in 2018. But if you did it twice this time and you weren't wrecked, I would consider that probably a win, right? If you could train the next day, or, or not be, or at least pick your your kids up the next day and not yeah. be like completely trashed. So, yeah, no, that makes total sense. We um, just wanted to ask you, or uh, thank you, first off, for, for coming on and sharing your story, but also, uh, where can we uh, where can we follow you? Where can we find uh, you on the socials and whatnot? And also, just uh, if we if we ever find ourselves uh, down in Miami, where do we uh, where do we go? Because I mean, that's yeah. Again, that's I. Uh, my girlfriend and I are definitely planning on coming down in February for uh, Waialua, and I would love to to hit up Peak.
2: Please do, and thank you, Eric, for having me. Um, you can find me at at Guido Trinidad um, all together on Instagram, Facebook, and then at Peak 360 Fitness uh, as well. Peak 360, we're located down here in South Miami, and um, we're just um, almost in the final stages of our renovation here and we'd love to hopefully we have everything complete by february so we'd love to host you and come by and hang out throw throw some barbells drink some coffee with us and, uh, and then we can also hang out at Waterloo as well i'll be there
1: absolutely yeah that'd be a dream for sure i'm definitely gonna take you up on that offer when we come down cool man thank
2: you so much for having me brother